Good morning. Let us remember the words of Psalm 118, 22 to 24. The same stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. On this day the Lord has acted. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Third Sunday of Advent. Um, time just continues to march on, doesn't it? Um, so uh, today those readings are just, again, just like last week, you could pick any one of them and, and have, a, have the sermon written for you. Uh, what I focused on was just the idea of waiting upon the Lord patiently and joyfully. Uh, but my topic... I chose was from the passage in Isaiah, Highway of Holiness. The collet is unique this week in, a, uh, in that it starts off the very first word of the collet, which is almost always a salutation or greeting to the Lord. Uh, they deviated from that. And it says, stir up your power. It starts right in with the getting to the point. Uh, <clears throat> stir up your power, O Lord. It kind of has a sense of urgency to it compared to the usual collets. Uh, stir up your power, O Lord. With great might come among us. It, it admits our neediness. It admits our brokenness because we are sorely hindered by our sins. Let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. I think that will be a fantastic way for us to pray this week. Uh, the highway to holiness is in Isaiah 35 verse 8. As Sandra read, a highway shall be there and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. And then we have hope because it says, even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. So, as, as I understand this, it's, it's pointing to the fact that because of the completed work of Christ on the cross, because Christ has made the way. He is the way. He has <clears throat> cleansed us. He has redeemed us. He has made us holy. And therefore we've, we are indeed the ones <clears throat> on the highway to holiness. Uh, not because we have kept ourselves clean, but because of the work that Christ has done and His grace, He has made us clean. Uh, if the law would have worked, if the law could have worked, then we wouldn't have needed Christ to come and die on the cross. But thanks be to God, He did, and we have been redeemed. And verse 10, it says, And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. No gray overcast days in heaven, right? Yeah. Could be. 
sunny and and joyful. The ransomed of the Lord, the finished work of Christ completed, the work that Christ finished on the cross, the work he completed at Calvary has ransomed us. All who turn to Jesus as their Savior are included as those on the highway to holiness. Our sins have been forgiven, our debts been paid in full. The path forward is one of turning our eyes toward Jesus, looking to Him, acknowledging our total dependence upon Him, confessing our sins as we become aware of them, trusting in His always present mercy, for He is merciful, He is full of grace. Our holiness is not the result of our own effort to keep the law. Those Precious saints, some of my family heritage who were taught and believed that the way of holiness was one that required great effort and one and in which oftentimes led to great pride. It's not what we understand the gospel to be. We cannot keep the law through our own effort, but he is faithful, and when we fail, we're forgiven. He is about restoring his kingdom, and he has a plan and a purpose for each one of us toward that end. My purpose does not look like yours, and your purpose is different than mine, but he does have a a calling and a unique purpose for each one of us. He created us in His image. We're, we're complicated, complex creatures. We, we are body, we are mind, we are soul, and we are spirit. We're at least that much, and, and we're much more than that. If we neglect any part of ourselves, then we're going to suffer as a result of that neglect. The pattern that I believe that opens the door, that, that clears the way, that removes the most obstacles out of our progress is to have a multi-pronged approach toward our discipleship, toward our sanctification. Studying the written word is a must and it establishes a firm foundation. That in and of itself alone, though, I think is, uh, is although we're, we're discipling the mind, <clears throat> we're leaving the, to a large degree, we could be leaving the body out, and we definitely could be leaving the soul and spirit out. Developing a committed pattern of practicing a few spiritual disciplines allows that knowledge that we gain from our study of the written word to find its way from our mind out into our heart. Now, what that looks like and exactly what those spiritual disciplines are, I believe, will be different for each of us because he did create us as individuals and unique 
what works for me might even be damaging to you to you if you if you're just if you're just trying to imitate me or to follow some pattern or some plan that somebody that worked for somebody else what works for you might not have any lasting fruit in my life but there is a pattern there is a lifestyle there is a certain daily habit that will be effective for you in creating the time and space that you need to be able to know God to experience God to learn how to hear his voice more clearly more distinctly when we're too distracted to find the time to experience his presence and I'm preaching myself here as much as anybody we have ceased to follow the pattern of Mary and we've become like Martha we cannot manipulate the Holy Spirit we cannot dictate when and how the Holy Spirit chooses to manifest himself in our life but we can wait for him to work we can wait for him to, to manifest his presence we can seek it regularly and express our hunger for it along with the regular and consistent study of the written word in a and a spiritual practice that allows our soul and spirit to commune with God regularly our spiritual life will be stunted unless we find a way to connect with other people both our family within the kingdom of God and those who have yet to experience the new life that comes from hearing and believing the gospel the Holy Spirit will guide and direct you and I to those who will be our inner, innermost circle and to those who will be outside that inner circle but still be a part of your life finding the joy of serving those in need and also finding the humility of accepting help when you find yourself lacking in some way or both parts of that adventure of walking with others of being connected of being uh, part of a community <clears throat> Advent's about reminding us that we're a part of the now but not yet kingdom it assures us that we are a work in progress Advent should encourage us to do the next right thing as we patiently and persistently wait for the fullness of God's time we have experienced periods of rapid growth in our spiritual walk and sometimes it's almost instant change occurs due to the power of the Holy Spirit that, that has been at work within us and I know each one of you could give a testimony of a time in your life and God just reached down and sovereignly touched you in some magnificent way changed your life <clears throat> we must also continue onward through seemingly years with little to no change or activity of the Holy Spirit always trusting that God is all powerful and all knowing and that his goodness is never changing and unmoving there is no shadow of turning in God's goodness and truth and beauty James 1.17 says this is from the message so my very dear friends 
don't get thrown off course. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. There is nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. He brought us to life using the true word, showing us off as the crown of all his creatures. I love Eugene Peterson. Today is the Sunday during Advent in which we are reminded of the joy of being among those who wait with hope for what we do not yet see. Verse 10 again from Isaiah 35. The ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. We, we haven't, I don't think any of us have experienced that in fullness, but we've caught, hopefully you've caught glimpses of it. I've caught glimpses of it. There have been days when, uh, just the other day, my, I, I got up, my day started off, man, I was just on cloud nine. I got my five-mile walk in. I got to work almost on time. And things were just rocking along smoothly, and then the afternoon came. <laughs> Not so much in the afternoon. It was just... Things just didn't go my way. I couldn't do nothing right. And uh, it showed, I'm sure, to those around me. Forgive me, Sandra. <laughs> but we have that hope that one day there'll be no more sorrows, no more depression, no more anxiety. Let us choose to remember those times when the power of God, all through the word we're told to remember, starting with the Old Testament, God told, he set up rituals and, and monuments and practices for the, for the Hebrew people to remember the works that he has done in their midst. Jesus tells us to remember. We have to choose to remember those times when the power of God through the Holy Spirit has moved within us. When it has moved upon us and has stirred us up. As we prayed today, stir up, O Lord. He, he's a God that stirs. He stirs it up. He stirs it up in us. He stirs it up in the community. He stirs it up in the world. Let us choose to remember those times when it, his manifest presence has been, has broken in upon us in a, in a powerful and miraculous way. And those moments when suddenly the purest light from the Father of lights has shone upon us and all darkness had to immediately flee away. Let's write those moments down. Let's write a letter to our children or write a letter to ourselves. Write, write your memoirs. Let's, let's document the ways that God has proven himself to us in ways that are sometimes miraculous or just downright those moments when you know within your knower beyond all doubt 
what's true. That God is alive and he does care for us. Let's write songs about those experiences of God's miraculous power and his mercy. Let's look for new and effective ways to communicate to our children and to their children and to the generations to come the message of the one who came up with the gospel. Have you thought about that? Our God, our Father, our perfect Father in heaven, He's the one who came up with the gospel, with the good news. He is good. The kind of God who chose to keep the embarrassing stories in the scriptures. What, what other religion exposes the, the fallacies and the, and, the, and the frailties and the brokenness of their heroes the way the scriptures do? John the Baptist in the gospel reading today <clears throat> God's story is an impossible story the scriptures are filled with impossible stories it's incredible incredibly mind blowing stories and it's true and it's good And it's beautiful. Jesus appeared down by the river one day and John the Baptist recognized him and declared, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But after some time had passed and some things had gone very wrong, he began to wonder. Even John the Baptist had doubt. He sent word by way of his own disciples to Jesus to ask, Was I wrong? Were we wrong? Should we look for another? It's okay to doubt. God's not scared by your doubts. God is not insecure. We have to be real. We have to be honest. Jesus replied back with a quote from the prophet Isaiah or paraphrase Go and tell John what you hear and see the blind receive their sight and the lame walk lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up the poor have good news preached to them and blessed is the one who is not offended by me but he stopped short in his in his paraphrase from the prophecy from Isaiah because in the in Isaiah it says the spirit of the Lord is upon me and it talks about the good news to the poor and it talks about healing but it also says to proclaim liberty to the captives in the opening of prison to those who are bound up. That wasn't going to happen in John's case. And Jesus, I believe Jesus knew it. 
Advent is about reminding us that we are an important part of God's story, but we are not the author. We don't write our own story. No matter what self-help book you buy that says you can, we are one of the characters in his story. We may not always be able to see the larger purpose. Certainly John the Baptist didn't as he sat in prison, as he was called out to go to his death. But we look, we, do, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we look to it with hope, with certainty that God will fulfill every promise within, within the Word of God as we sang today. We look forward with hope that the demonstration of his goodness and his faithfulness, his faithfulness will continue to be seen around us as much as it has in the days past. There were a couple of songs that come to my mind. And uh, the first one is a song Charles Billingsley, uh, I can't remember where he grew up, but he came to Sanford to go to school and college. And uh, Sandra and I met Charles at the No Comp retreats when our children were teenagers. And he was in his prime then. He is, was just, uh, he written a song called The Sparrow, which became extremely popular on some Christian circles. This is not the song that Whitney Houston sang. <laughs> Uh, but his song says, Early morning sunshine, dew is on the ground. The singing of a sparrow makes a joyful sound. It's the song of strength and endurance, giving me assurance that Jesus is near when hope cannot be found. Sometimes I'm strong, others I'm weak. It's a struggle to become what I really need to be. I worry about tomorrow until I hear the sparrow and I'm reminded of the promise he'll take care of me. The sparrow never worries where to get supplies. He just flies until he finds it under God's watchful eye. And if the Lord can know so closely the simple pathways of a bird, will he not provide his children protection from this world? So I sing because I'm happy. And I'll sing because I'm free. For his eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. Then I thought of that older Southern Gospel song, I Don't Know About Tomorrow. I'm sure you've heard of that song. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Amen. Let's, let's look forward to the days ahead with joy and with patience and with faith. Let's stand together and proclaim our common faith in the Nazi Creed as it's found on page 3.